Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. You know what really grinds my gears? What makes those gears grind, Kate? When you go to Disney World. When I go? around Halloween mm-hmm. and they don't have the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff on Haunted Mansion. Wait, what? They didn't? No. I thought that was like their thing. That's it what is. they do. And it was... Isn't it not October? It's October. And it before Halloween. It's before Halloween. And there was no Nightmare Before Christmas set up on the Haunted Mansion? No, Why not? Grind my gears. That's a gear grindable offense. But I have all the tips and tricks. If people want to know, like, things that you should know before going to Disney World, I have plenty of tips and tricks for oh, you. Oh, good. I may have to uh, pluck your brain. Is that a phrase? Pluck your brain? It's Halloween. You Pick can pluck your my, brain. You can pluck my brain if I'll you want. I'll pluck it like a chicken. <laughs> of all of its useful feathers. <laughs> brain anyway. feathers. And uh, speaking of brain feathers, oh boy, that was a transition. <laughs> sure, why not? What are we talking about on this uh, podcast, Kate? Um, well, I'm Kate, and you're Betsy, and we talk about children's picture books. Oh, jeez, that was short. Yeah. That really was the correct answer yeah. in all possible ways. That's right. <laughs> and what do we determine with these picture books that we consider? If they should be in Disney World or not? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, Disney did have a tendency of adapting books picture books actually he did adapt many a, a fine picture the little house remember with its sassy son he turned that into a disney short with sterling uh sterling hollow uh doing sterling hollow was that his name i don't know sterling holloway that was it the winnie the pooh voice guy oh that guy the guy who did ka and dungle book yeah huh. yeah he, he narrated it and uh, he would do that he'd sometimes oh you know ferdinand the bull he turned that into a short so yeah that was a thing See, that's that's your random. So my trivia. answer wasn't wrong. Uh, no, I'll go with it. Why? Right, sure, why not? Yes, we determined if books should be classics or not classics, depending on the changing times in which we live. Or my opinion, and or as your of, opinion, as yes. of ten minutes of reading the book. That is correct. So uh, today's book. So you 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 wanted a. Now someone had. Oh, someone corrected me. Actually, I kept using the term spooky. Uh, when we referred to last week's book. And someone pointed out to me that spooky has some racial connotations um, for the black community. Spook uh, is a offensive term, and that spooky is not the greatest term to be using. So I will say scary. You were, you were, you've been asking for scary. Yeah. Yes. Creepy, crawly. Creepy. Yeah. All right. So, you know, and that has classic potential because I can think about like a million that have come out in the last like you know five years but that's not what we consider on the show we look at least 20 years into the past so I did find a book uh which I will pull out now widow's broom by no one. No one. <laughs> no one wrote this book. Oh, on the spine. Oh, Chris Van Allsburg. That's right. Do you remember? Do you remember any other books? A little Mr. Uh, Chris Van Allsburg might Polar have done. Polar Express. 
That's right. He did Polar and Express. And then he did some other book. That he did I Jumanji. Yeah. And, which we also did. And he did another one. And he one. did The Stranger, which we did last Halloween. But didn't we do one with where he just drew a bunch of random pictures? Oh, and, and yes, um, Harris Burdick. The, the Mystery of Harris Burdick. Yes. Ooh, good memory. Uh, that. Yeah, I would have remembered that title. <laughs> yeah, well, but you remember what the book was. So, yes, we have admittedly done him a bit, but we have never done... The Widow's Broom. And I think it is an appropriate Halloween. First of all, brooms right there. I've been using mine constantly because <laughs> I planted some mums on my porch and the stupid squirrel thinks that just fresh dirt just means let's just spread it all over the porch. So <laughs> I've been using my broom a lot. And uh, and witches. I've heard witches. And it's, yeah, it's not the witch's broom. It's the widow's broom. Exactly. Which is a problem because I kept trying to look this up and I kept typing in the witch's broom Maybe by Chris Van Allsburg is, and it didn't is, work. Is the widow a witch? I don't know. Because then it could be the widow, the witch's widow's broom. <laughs> witch's widow. Witch's widow is hard to say fast. Witch's widow. Witch's widow. Witch's anyway. widow. Witch's widow. Witch's widow. Witch's widow. Okay. 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 Bye. While Kate does her read, let's a uh, little behind the scenes information about the widow's broom. And the fact of the matter is, there's not a lot of information about the widow's broom. It's not one of Chris Van Allsburg's better known books. I mean, it's not like they adapted it into a movie or anything. Or did they? In 2004, the announcement was made. Sam Wiseman to direct Widow's Broom for Paramount Pictures. According to The Hollywood Reporter, um, a Mr. Sam Wiseman had signed on to direct a family comedy call of The Widow's Broom uh, for Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon movies. And Chris Van Allsburg himself was adapting the feature from his book of the same name. And uh, it was, you know, it, it looked like it was going to have an early 2005 start date. It was going to join uh, his previous films like Zathura and Jumanji and Polar Express, and it never happened. Yeah. So apparently, you know, we, we were right the first time. Uh, this didn't quite have the pull of the others. I've always been really confused as to why they didn't adapt The Mysteries of Harris Burdick, because I feel like that could be... An interest. You can you can just see someone trying to link all those different images in the book into a single movie, which would be cata- you know, a huge catastrophe. But you can still see them wanting to do it. My theory is that this whole widow's broom thing kind of fell apart, and then he didn't want much to do with the movies anymore. Yes, we've had the new Jumanjis, but they have nothing to do with his book. So I don't know. I uh, that's my theory. Correct me if you can. We're back. Hello. Hello. Uh, you read a book? I did. I mean, this is a great, this is a much better book than last week. Okay, well, good. Good. Um, but uh, tell me about that. It's book. also, first impressions, it's quite long. It's got a lot of words. Well, no, the book itself is a very, oh, physically, it's, it's a very tall book. Yeah, physically vertical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is This is true. It odd. would not fit on a shelf well. No. <laughs> Thus becoming the bane of poor children's librarians everywhere who have to put it on its side and then nobody can see it, so nobody checks it out because they can't read the spine. And it's also in all black and white. There's no color. That's sort of his thing. Um, Polar Express was the exception. Yeah. I, I wish this had been in color. Really? Yeah, and all I'll right. tell you why in one of the parts here. So... We start off with this witch who is on a broom, and we learn in the beginning of the story that 
um, brooms lose their speed as they get older, mm. which totally makes sense because in Harry Potter, Draco and the Slytherins all had those Nimbus 3000s yeah. and the Weasley boys had those crappy old brooms, mm-hmm. which weren't as fast. So story checks out. See, I just assumed that the technology was being improved in Harry Potter and it was simply like when you have like an iPod versus your phone when it comes to listening to things. Well, yeah, it's the, just newest like that, the newest version is the fastest. The fastest but this yeah. seems to indicate that the thing that was fast is slowing down even more. Sometimes you can have a glitchy broom oh, I bet. that yeah, just yeah. Uh, stops working for no That's reason. That's a bad thing to have. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're high up in the air. Exactly. Which is uh, what happens which, to our poor witch. Oh, I love that shot. Is, can is we it talk word, about... Is it wordless? It's wordless. It's wordless. It's just a shot of the witch with like from the knees down. Oh. It's very realistic. Um, the broom, her hat... And like her cape, it's all just falling downwards towards the ground. Mm -hmm. And she's got these black lace-up flat ankle-high boots. Slight heel. That are amazing. I want them now. Sensible, stylish boots. No, they look good. Yeah, they're very smart. Someone who's listening, one of you knows Chris Van Allsburg. Please have him tell us where uh, the model who was wearing those Found those boots and uh, where we could procure them. Yeah, that yeah. works. Thank you. So then we meet. Uh, so right. So the broom, the the witch fell out of the sky into a vegetable patch. Uh, but at daybreak, the widow of the vegetable patch comes out and she sees. She that married there's... a vegetable patch that died. <laughs> the widow of the vegetable. But umpching. <laughs> so she sees this witch that's just collapsed in her patch, and she decides she's a little scared because you know it is a witch. Mm-hmm. But she decides to help the woman, and uh, she brings her inside, and the witch uh, lays in bed and just sleeps all day, which heals her wounds. Which smart witch. That's kind of cool. That's how you do it. But I noticed that like. The widow, it looks like, she, you know, in the first shot of her, it looks like she has blonde hair. And then you flip the page and you see the witch who's a brunette. And I'm like, oh, is this Glinda and the is Wicked Witch? She, okay, this? I was going to say, this shot of the witch is so Elphaba. I mean, right? I mean, for one thing, it's it looks like you're in the audience looking up at her on a stage. That's the she's, angle of the she's shot. She's going to be singing but... Defying Gravity Oh, yeah, any no, 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 second no, 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 absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not with that broom, but yeah. But she she wakes up uh, from, from resting and healing and she goes outside and she takes um, one of the embers from the dying fire that was in the hearth. She just grabs it with her bare hand. But, she yeah. takes an ember and she goes outside and she lights some leaves and twigs aflame. But mm-hmm. it says that she plucks one strand of her hair and she puts it in the fire and it burns with a brilliant blue light. Ooh. Now, wouldn't that be cool to see in the illustration? Yeah, I guess. Either like I don't know. A... He's so atmospheric with the black and white that I I don't know that I want to. I'm disappointed. I, don't know. I I think it would be really cool to see like a blue light hitting her face. No, no, no. That would be cool. That would be cool. But instead, we just have this shot wondering if there's bears in the cave. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh. Because <laughs> we're looking up right her up her nose. nose. Yeah, we are looking right up that nose. Yep. And uh, I FYI, see no bears. No bears. No bears. Nope. Clean as nope. a whistle. Yep. The flames of her fire uh, are caught by another witch's attention. Oh. That second witch comes down. That was the whiff witch telegraph system? Yeah. The yeah. blue hair burn? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. And the, uh, the second witch comes and she like takes the other witch and they go fly off Hops together on okay. witch number two's broom. All right. Leaving... 
the original broom in the patch. Well, the widow sees this broom and decides, well, I need a broom, I guess. It's a perfectly good broom. You can never have too many brooms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So she decides to use the broom for its purpose, which is sweeping. That's what they do. And then she notices the next morning, the widow notices that the uh, the broom is just sweeping by itself. And I'm like, okay, we're getting into oh, some like Sleeping very... Beauty, Fantasia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking the, the Magician's Apprentice. Or the, was that the name of it? The With the Mickey Mouse and the yep. brooms? Yeah. Well, you could also do Sleeping... I'm trying to think of the music off the top of my well, head. Well, Sleeping <laughs> Beauty also has the witches cleaning the little hut, you know, before Aurora comes home for her birthday. Again, we're getting like back to Disney here. I knew I could do it. Anyway, so, right. So the broom is sweeping by itself, and the widow is a little shocked by this. Yeah. Um, and decides to put it in a broom closet because it won't stop sweeping. <laughs> That'll learn. But then, you know, it, she feels bad because it's been, you know, trying to... It's been silent. Well, it's been knocking on the Aww. on the closet, like, just... please let me out. Tap, tap. My cats do that. Hello. Yes. Tap, tap. I'd like to come out now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So she's like, okay, well, maybe I'll show it some other things. So she shows it how to chop wood, which I'm like. That just seemed like a bad plan. Isn't that a little sadistic? I don't know. If, oh, yeah, that's true. It's, it's made of wood. Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to teach it how to chop wood. Okay. I mean, I don't know, though. If I'm an old widow. I don't have anybody helping me on the farm. Right. You need wood. You do? I would probably be one of the first things I'd think of. And yeah. she, so she... Che- Physical te- labor. Yeah, she teaches the broom to chop wood. I don't know if I handed an axe, but sure, why not? Well, you, know, it, you, it, you feel safe with the broom you go for. Yeah, then. well, she... she Yeah, she, she learns to trust this broom because it. She, the, she teaches the broom to fetch water and feed the chickens and bring the cow in and even teaches it to play the piano like one note at a time. So it's like doing chopsticks, but it's just like ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 It's cute, though. Yeah. Oh, sure. She's got a friend now. Yeah. Problem oh, is. Oh, that's the X. That's terrifying. The, the problem is, is that once you have something magical, uh, people, I guess, are going to, I'm going to say get jealous because all of the males in this story are evil. Interesting. <laughs> all the women are well, the broom's a male, is it not? Or is it just an it the whole way? No, it's it's an it. Oh, it's an it. Okay, great. It's okay. a broom. Right. Brooms don't have genders. Well, I don't know. Unless you're French. And then, then it's like... Everything's got a gender. Right, France. exactly. Yeah. No, so the neighbors, Mr... What's his name here? Mr. Spiv, Spivy. Spivy. He notices that this that the, his neighbor has a magical broom, and he's like, well, it's wicked. It's the devil. It's very interesting here that the women are the smart ones. Mm-hmm. They've done nothing but help each other so far this entire book. You That's see, true. You it's see, all about women helping women right from the start. Exactly. Well, and then even then, when the witch gets picked up, she gets picked up by another woman. And then exactly. She's the one who helps her out. Yeah. Huh. It's all about women helping women. Anyway, so, right. So the broom, once it's done with its chores, it likes to go onto the dirt road and spend some time sweeping. <laughs> that's where it finds joy. That's and so who are sweet. we to deny this magical broom where it finds joy? No. If you want to sweep, buddy, you go sweep. The broom knows itself. That's what's important here. And uh, and it comes across two of the spivvy boys, who, of course, are jerks. Yeah. And decide to um, just pretty much torture the Beat broom. Beat it with sticks, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the point where the broom decides to defend itself. 
So it uh, knocks the uh, the boys on the head so hard that they fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. But then they have a dog, and the dog bites. It looks like the handle of the broom. Yeah, it looks like the handle. Yeah. So the broom decides <laughs> to fling it. <laughs> Like, there's no tomorrow. Okay, so this is so strange because this is Chris Van Walsberg's dog. He puts it into almost all his books. And he has chosen to fling his dog. From Woo! here to Like, in a, in a very wily Coyote... Op- I guess the opposite of Wiley Cody. I mean, Wiley Cody is always falling down into the ravine. This is the exact opposite. Speed. It's, it's not into the sky. Yeah, it's not very nice, but it's a great visual. It's also very satisfying to look at. Yeah, I have to say. It's wordless. Again, he keeps having these wordless spreads in the book. So once Mr. Spivvy finds out that uh, this broom attacked his, his sweet, innocent boys oh, yeah. uh, and his dog, uh, he decides with three other men... To get in the wagon and take the broom away. So uh, they go to the widow's house. The widow realizes, well, okay, there's no way that they're going to leave, you know, without a broom Mm -hmm. in hand. So she's like, okay, well, you know, here's the broom closet and uh, it's sleeping. So if you move really quickly and quietly, you know, you can take the broom without it waking up. Mm -hmm. The men uh, take this broom away and they stake it to the ground and they burn it and then it's just a bunch of ashes and then they walk away knowing that they have done a thing a thing that they want they they burned a broom. i mean they're we're lucky they didn't burn her i'll be fair you know because that's what the next step would be logically in fact and then that doesn't mean that they wouldn't do her next and yeah. burn her next so yeah. maybe they're still considering it yeah, because how did... It's been a long day. They don't feel like doing it today, but they might come back tomorrow. Yeah, to how so. did she have a magical broom in the first place? Well, Precisely. If they think the they broom don't is wicked, the sky. Er- ergo, she must be wicked, right? Precisely, yes. Anyway, so then one night, the widow tells her neighbors that she saw the ghost of the broom. <laughs> did you know that uh, cleaning supplies can have ghosts? Only if they have souls, and I guess this one did. Yep, and it's, she said it was white and it was carrying an axe, but Mr. Terrifying, Mr. Spivvy, of course, didn't believe her. But then he sees the ghost of the broom in the Ooh. woods, and it taps on their door with the axe. Okay, that is terrifying. And you see the illustration is wordless, and it's a broom carrying an axe, <laughs> and it's white. And it's going to the house. And at this point, I'm and like... And the tapping is worse. It's much worse than knocking. It's like... It's, and it's not doing, like, the shining thing where it's, like, cutting tap, through tap. the door. No, no, it's much worse if it's just tap, tap. Yeah, and at this point, tap, I'm like, tap. if this really is the ghost of the broom, I hope it hacks the men to pieces. <laughs> and you turn the page and it's just strewn, beautifully <laughs> illustrated body parts. Yeah. Oh, but hands. The, the next morning, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Spivy and their... Eight children. Oh, boy. Yeah, they pack into their wagon. That's a lot. And they decide to leave. And they try convincing the widow to come with. And she's like, no, no, I'll stay. And Mr. Spivvy's like, you're a brave woman. 
And they go I'm away. I'm glad we didn't burn you to death. <laughs> right. I mean, we meant to, but it was going to be next Tuesday. And, and, and she... Things came up. She, she she falls asleep in her chair, listening to music, played on the piano. And, oh, look, it's the broom with a little bit of white paint still on it. Yeah. And she said, oh, you play so nicely. And the broom puts another log on the fire and plays another tune. And I'm like, yay! I hope the widow and the broom live happily ever after. The end. Yay. Happy ending with... a. Pretty creepy book as well, I have to say. Now, I must apologize to you. There is a 25th anniversary edition. I did not know this. This was the original one that you read. I was once told by a reliable source that every single Chris Van Allsburg book he's ever done is still in print. I don't have a hard time believing this one's still in print. I mean, I would pull this out every Halloween if I had a room of a children's room and a story time that I would do regularly. So I found something really fun with this book. Uh, and it's recent, too. It's from December 20th, 2020. So there is a blog called Slap Happy Larry. This guy had a piece on the widow's broom that just went and went. And I will link to it in the show notes. I mean, he's working in, like, Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics in his analysis, which I find somewhat impressive. But he had a couple salient points that I want to highlight. Um... He says that the broom has a Protestant work ethic. It does its work, and then when it's done, it does some more work for fun. Um, even when it's relaxing, it plays the piano, which is, you know, sort of a fun, but it's a work thing to do. It's a, He mentioned, as I said before, the, the witch craze, the fact that the broomstick tends to be, like, associated with women's work. Um, and then he says, and this is my favorite part of what he wrote, it seems that the broomstick's plan is a well-thought-out one. Ditch the original witch. Find a nice old lady who will appreciate the extra help, live with her forever, earning your keep, and turn her into your new witch. Huh. So in a way, the broom has adopted the woman as much as the woman's adopted the broom. And yes, in a way, she doesn't use magic, but she does use white paint yeah. to fool people. So oh, that's so nice. It is. It's about making your, making your own family, finding yeah. your family, and making your own witch. Yeah. That's happy. Ratings time. So, as I said, I do wish this had been in color because the illustrations are beautiful. I mean, they are totally my style. Um, it's interesting that there's not a single good guy in the entire story. It's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, this is a very women-centric title. And I'm trying to think of his other books and if he really has... Like, there are always women in his books. He has never been one of those guys who does, like, an all-male cast that I can recall. There was a, a ship one. But I love that the this Zephyr, is... but, yeah. I love that this is very pro-women. Yeah. Um, it definitely reminded me of the Salem Witch Trials, and mm. maybe that's not a coincidence. Um, it is the perfect Halloween book. Uh, I like that this one is definitely more for me than last week's what? <laughs> um and i want Shop. those i want those witches boots so i gave oh my gosh i so want those witches boots yeah so i gave it a seven i think it's a great story but i wanted color and maybe it's not the best book to read other times of the year yeah i don't know when we rate these things like with the halloween books are we rating it on a scale of like halloween books because as halloween books no. i would you know classic or, or just, just classic. a classic book yeah yeah you know it's not as well known as some of the other um chris van allsberg books but that doesn't mean that it's any less good when a thing becomes popular or not popular there's so many different factors that play into it um 
And this one, you know, it has to have been popular enough that they brought it back for its 25th anniversary in a new edition with a new cover. The cover of the of the new edition, I believe, is when she looks out and she's shocked to see it moving by itself, sweeping. That oh. is the cover, which is an interesting. I like this cover better. It's yeah, just the I have a hard time itself. deciding. I mean, I like them both. I would have just shown that shot of the witch falling out of the sky, but then that would have to be more. I guess that's kind of a vertical shot, but you, you need the two pages for that to really get the full weight. And to see, it's just I want to see the shoes on the cover. So um, I like it. Um, I don't I don't know that it's like the greatest book I've ever read, but it's very satisfying. So I'll give it a satisfying six point five. OK, so because it's above a five, it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Yay. Yay. Cool. Letters time. Yay. Letters. OK, so we got uh, we got some interesting notes here. So remember when we said in the last episode with the other witch on Room on, a, Room on a Broom, I have a hard time saying the title of that, Room on a Broom, uh, we mentioned that, well, you mentioned specifically that you knew it did not take place in another, in, in America. America because there were bogs. Right. So Shannon wrote in and said, there's a bog an hour from Evanston, Illinois. What? I first heard of this place on In Defense of Plants, where they were talking about pitcher plants, basic carnivorous plants. Obviously, you'll listen to Little Shop of Horrors on this road trip. Uh, Happy to have found the podcast. I'm a Reader's Advisory Collection Development Librarian in Indiana. And she includes a website link to... Uh, to find where this bog would be that has carnivorous pitcher plants, which I didn't know could grow in this part. I thought they were a tropical plant, the pitcher plant. I was unaware that they were native to the land here. So learn something new every day. There you go. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, And then the other one was from Karolinka, who said uh, she was, I think this was referring to the last episode. Thanks. I enjoyed the episode. I listened to the live session, but had to leave before Kate was done sharing her thoughts. Both of your facial expressions were great. <laughs> I sometimes like to uh, to watch uh, videos of myself. I will I will confess with the sound completely off. It's much more fun for me because I don't like my voice particularly, but I like watching where my mouth goes because who knows where it's going to end up. Grown up things we like. You go first. Okay, so. Been doing a lot of weeding in my library. I am a collection development specialist myself. And, uh, you know, you have to weed regularly. If you do not weed the books people do not read, then they clutter up. And then the people, people actually, the books people do want to read, they don't have room on the shelf. And it's just a whole big mess. So I weed pretty regularly. And I weeded a book. Uh, it's by the Polish author Stanislaw Lem. Now, Stanislaw Lem, I actually have heard of. He was this crazy science fiction writer. This book is from 1971. It's called A Perfect Vacuum. And it is a collection of his criticism. He has written, like, reviews of books that do not exist. It is an entire book of reviews of... It's, like, fictitious criticism, essentially. Um, it was translated by Michael Candle. Um, some of them are reviews of science fiction fiction novels. He wrote science fiction himself. Some are like philosophical pieces. Um, There's cosmology. uh, The pervasiveness of computers comes up. Uh, He's got one, I think, on pornography um, and Dostoevsky. It's 
fascinating. It's it's one of those things where I actually feel I do get something out of it by reading it because I review a lot of books myself, usually children's books, but I don't know. It's a funny little book, so if anyone has access to a library that hasn't weeded it, uh, I recommend A Perfect Vacuum. Okay. Yay. Well, as I mentioned before, like every episode during October, because Halloween is coming up, I want to do something Halloween-ish. And this week, it's Squid Game. Have you heard about Squid Game? So all the kids are talking about Squid Game. Why um, are kids talking about it? Yeah, right? So a friend of mine was on Facebook, and she's like, uh, my sixth grader wants to watch Squid Game, no. but I don't want him to sneak no. it, so I have to watch it with him, but I don't like violence. Oh. And then my son told me that his one of his classmates says her fifth grade brother is watching it. I know. Oh, no. I know, right? Totally okay, so, inappropriate. So for yeah. those of you who aren't familiar with Squid Game, it's a South Korean survival drama, and it's streaming on Netflix. The premise is that there's hundreds of cash-strapped contestants that accept an invitation to compete in children's games for a ginormous prize, but the stakes are deadly, shall we say. Um, it's surpassed Bridgerton as the most watched show. Yeah. And I don't really like suspense, violent horror. Mm. I don't really dig that, but this is amazing. It's Everyone's saying that. It's incredibly violent and it's incredibly bloody. But that's why it's my Halloween recommendation, because I binged this. There's nine... Have you seen them all? I watched all episodes. You watched the whole first season? Yeah, in about three days. (laughs) Wow. And have you been dreaming about it? No. Okay, because a lot of people say they have been dreaming about it as a result of watching it. Well, let's see what happens tonight. Okay. Because I I finished (laughs) it about an hour ago. Oh, boy. All righty. But it's incredibly well written. If you do watch it, do not watch it in English. With the dubbing, you don't get the emotion out of the people, whereas when you read the subtitles, you can actually watch their mouth make the words that you are, you know, it it just makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, they did hire South Korean actors to do the dub, but even so, yeah, there's... It's it's, so good. It's so good. Now, here's my question to you. Um, So it's all children's games, you know, like, if you fail at red light, green light, will it kill you? Right. But um, it begins with an explanation of how to play the squid game, right? Yes. Do you now understand if someone was to say to you, okay, Absolutely let's play Absolutely not. That's, okay, that's what I've heard. I've heard everyone who's who hears about how to play the squid game being like, yeah, and I still don't know how to. Nope. It's some children's game that it's impossible for yep. anyone to figure out how to play. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's a very good recommendation. Thank you. Yeah, everybody's talking about it, unfortunately, including the kids. It's now the thing the kids want to see. It's like the Stranger Things because they're forbidden to, so therefore they all want to. Yikes. Thankfully, my kid's too young or too uninterested. So Good. Hooray. Good. So I want another Halloween book next week. Keep all right, coming. I have one. I'll see if I can find a different one. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like this one or not, but... It's it's interesting. It's old enough, but uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I got a I got some options at hand. Okay. So until we read this mysterious book or don't, <laughs> I'll be Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate eight at gmail dot com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse eight kate. That's fuse number eight kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, 
or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our most happy fella is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.